نور light what does the surah begin with what's the first ayah what's the message given in the first ayah of the surah that this is a surah that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we have revealed it and we have made it obligatory and we have revealed in the surah what what ayatin bayinat clear proofs clear verses containing clear commandments And then in the surah we learned about some legal punishments which were mentioned right at the beginning. And after that we also learned about the incident of ifk, right? And the lessons that are derived from that. The seriousness of talking about vulgarity even. Then we also learned about the issue of isti'dhan. What is isti'dhan? Taking permission before entering somebody's house. And then we also learned about the etiquette of lowering the gaze and this is for both men and women as well as preserving the private part guarding your modesty guarding your chastity your body protecting your body and then we also learned about the command of hijab for women right now many of these things that we learn in the surah generally they're perceived as very backward right I mean, this is what people are always talking about, that Muslims should be progressive, right? We should catch up with the rest of the world. Just the other day, I was reading this article on BBC, in which they were showing that how swimsuits have evolved over time, all right? And I was amazed at a picture that was right at the beginning. It didn't even look like a swimsuit. It looked like a dress, you know, for a woman. And this was, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. And now, if you tell a person this is a swimsuit, they wouldn't even recognize it. Right? So we see that in the past, at least people had some level of modesty, some level of haya. But over time, what has happened? People have lost it. And what do they want with Muslims? What do they want for Islam? That we should also abandon modesty in our clothing, in our thinking. Right? We should unshackle ourselves from the bonds or from the ties of limiting ourselves to the Qur'an and Sunnah. Right? They want us to move forward. They want us to leave things behind and move forward. But Allah says right at the beginning of the surah, that this is a surah that we have revealed, that Allah has revealed. And this is a surah that Allah has made obligatory. He has not given us a choice concerning these matters. And we see over here, now in ayah number 35, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the description of His nur, of His light. What is light? And what is the light, the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And you see over here, the message is very clear. That following these commands is basically enlightenment. And abandoning these commands, abandoning the word of Allah, what is that? Entering darkness. People take pity on us, right? That you leave this Islam, you leave your shackles and you free yourself, you release yourself, right? But the fact is that our enlightenment has already happened. Our enlightenment was there from the day the Qur'an was revealed. Because Qur'an is what? It is nur. Guidance comes from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Our enlightenment happened 1400 years ago. We don't need people to enlighten us today. And if they try to enlighten us, in fact, what are they doing? They're taking us out of this nur and putting us into darkness. Because what does Allah say in the Qur'an? That Allahu waliyu alladhina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-zulumati ila nur Allah takes people out of darkness, puts them into light. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَوْلِيَاءُهُمُ الطَّاغُوتِ يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ And the ta'ghut, the false gods, whether it is a person's ego or a political system, whatever it may be, what does that do? It takes a person out of light and puts him into darkness. So as we study this ayah, inshallah, keep in mind all the objections that are raised against Islam. And how people tell us, leave your hijab, leave your Qur'an, so that you can be enlightened. This ayah tells us what true enlightenment is. So let's look at this ayah. Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. Allah is the nur of the samawat and He is the nur of the ard. Allah is nur. What does nur mean? From the root letters nun wa ra. Nur is light. And light is basically that which is zahir bidatihi and mulhir lightihi. Nur is that which is apparent, which is manifest itself, meaning it is visible, you see it. But it's not just visible itself, it also makes other things visible. Light is what makes things visible. Light is what helps us see things. Light is what helps us perceive things. Light is what enables us to know what things really are. For example, if you are in a dark room, alright, you are in a dark room, absolute darkness, and you start walking, and then you bump into something, and you feel it, it seems like it's a wooden structure and it's soft from the top. You think, maybe it's a bed. No, but it seems too small. Maybe it's a child's bed. No, but maybe it's just a chair. Maybe it's just a sofa. I don't know what it is. You turn the light on and you see, yes, it's a chair. Not a bed, not a child's bed, not a sofa. It's a chair. What helped you figure out what that object actually was? The light. Right? So this is nur. Nur enables you to know what things really are. This is what nur is. Now remember that nur is of different kinds. Light is of different kinds. One type of nur is that which is hissi, that which is physical. You could say that that which is created, it is makhluk. Like for example the sun. Right? Sun is a source of light, it enables us to see. And what is it? It's something that Allah has created. Likewise, the moon, the stars, or like these electricity, you know, lights, alright, that we use. Or the light of a flame, the light of a lamp. All of these are what? Hissi. They're physical, makhluk. And this is something that enables vision, perception. And who is the creator of this? Who has created this light? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Like for example in the Qur'an, Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ ضِيَاءً وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا He has made the moon, nur, a light. 
Then there is another kind of light which is also hissi, meaning in the sense that it is also makhluk, but it's not really physical. Alright? Where is it? It's basically the nur of the eyes. The inner nur. What does that mean? It is the nur of the eyes by which vision works. Because there could be light outside. Alright? The light could be on. But if the inside is dark, then a person cannot see. Like for example, in the Qur'an we learn, مَثَلُهُمْ كَمَثَلِ الَّذِي اسْتَوْقَدَ نَارًا فَلَمَّا أَضَاءَتْ مَا حَوْلَهُ ذَهَبَ اللَّهُ بِنُورِهِمْ The outside was illuminated. But what happened? The inner light was gone. Right? The light of the eyes was gone. So as a result, a person was not able to see anything. Alright? Now there is another kind of nur. And that is ma'nawi. It's intangible. Alright? And basically what that refers to is guidance. It refers to revelation. Like for example, Allahu waliyu ladina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-zulumati ila nur Allah takes people out of darkness and takes them to light. What is that light? Guidance. Hidayah. Likewise, Allah says in the Quran, "Awman kana maytan faahiyinahu wajalna lahu nura." The person who was dead, we gave him life and we gave him light. What is that light? Guidance. In the Quran, we learn that the Torah, the Torah, is called nur. All right. Even the Quran is called nur. Wa anzalna ilaykum nuran. Mubina, We have revealed to you, we have sent to you a clear light. So how is the Qur'an a light? How is the Torah a light? I mean, look at your mushaf. Is it light? Is it? How is it light then? What kind of light is it? Guidance. Right? It's guidance. Now, when Allah says over here that Allahu nuru samawati wal ard, Allah is the light of the skies, of the heavens, and of the earth. What does it mean? It means that the source of all nur, the source of all types of light is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it's physical light, then who is its creator? Allah is its creator. He is the one who created the sun. He is the one who created the moon. He is the one who has created fire. Electricity also, these lights that we use, even that, who is the actual creator? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because He gave us the resources. He gave us the ability. And that is why we are able to put it together. If He did not allow, we would never be able to put it together. So Allah nuru samawati wal ard he is the source of light meaning he is the creator of light and if it's intangible light such as guidance all right then again who is the source of that guidance Allah is the one who has sent that guidance Allah is the one who has shown that light Allah is the one who has guided mankind humanity his creation so he is munawwir and he is Hadi. The Sahaba, they also interpreted Nur over here as Hadi, the one who guides. He is the guide of the heavens and the earth. Ibn Abbas anhu said that Allah, Nuru Samawati wal Ard, what it means is that he is the Hadi, the guide of the Ahlus Samawati wal Ard, of the inhabitants of the skies and the earth. 
Because he has illuminated the paths of rectitude for his creation. Right? What is the right path? When it comes to worldly matters, as well as religious matters, who is the one who has shown the way? It is Allah Azza wa Jal. So Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. And if you think about it, you know whether Musa alayhi salam, when he was asked by Fir'aun that who is your Lord? What is the description that he gave? That Rabbuna alladhi a'ta kulla shay'in khalqahu thumma hada. That our Lord is the one who gave everything its creation, its form, meaning he brought everything into existence, he created it, and then he also guided it. You see, when you put a seed in the soil, what does it need to grow? Does it need water? Does it need air? What else does it need? Light. Doesn't it? It needs light. Even if it's a little bit, but it needs light. Some plants need more and some plants need less. But they need light. So if there's no light, will it grow? No. Even if you give it the best soil, you know, pure filtered water, for example, really expensive, all right, bottled water you give it, all right, with all the extra added nutrients and everything. You give that, you put the soil, you put the fertilizer, the air is fresh, but it's an absolute darkness. Will it grow? No, it won't. It needs light. Right? Likewise, our bodies, do they need light? We need light as well. Because one of the major things that we desperately need is vitamin D. And that comes from where? Sunlight. And if you don't get it, which in this country, of course, we don't get enough of, then what do we need? Supplements. Right? Even little babies, they need to be given D drops every day. Right? Vitamin D. Even old people, they need vitamin D. Light. So we see that light is essential for our physical body, for our physical growth. Right? For our worldly life, for our worldly progress. Allah says in the Qur'an that He has made the day so that you work, so that you travel, you go about and do your business. Why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us day? Because we need this light for our work, for our worldly, for our physical existence, for our physical progress. We need this light. Now if you think about it, if light is so essential for physical life, then isn't light necessary for spiritual life as well? It is, right? So Allah created everything, alright? And He provided light for its existence, for its growth, for its development. And then everything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also taught it its purpose. Its purpose. You know when you see turtles emerging out of the sand, baby turtles? They know exactly where they need to go. Right? You will never find them going away from the seashore. They're actually going towards the water. It's amazing. How do they know the water is there? But they know. Allah has guided them. Honeybees. You know, we think that they're randomly flying here and there, but they're not. Or you think that a honeybee is going crazy, going around, it's actually doing the bee dance, right? So, every creature is doing what it's supposed to. Allah taught it what to do. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Allah has guided us also. Because Allah is the nur of the heavens and the earth. He is the one who has given physical light. He is the one who has sent spiritual light also. Spiritual guidance also comes from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Because Allah is the Nuru Samawati Wal Ard. Now, to summarize the meaning of Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Ard, basically what we understand is that the source of all light is who? Allah. His that is light, his attributes, they are also light. His kalam, his speech, that is also light. His ayat, what are they? Bayinat, they are clear, evident, manifest. So Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Ard, meaning Allah is the Hadi, the guide of the heavens and the earth. Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Ard, meaning Allah is the Munawir, the one who has enlightened the skies and the earth. How? By creating light in it. You know, whenever you look at an image of the universe, for example, what do you see? Space is what? What is space? It's dark, isn't it? Which is why it's black. And then you have these stars. Right? Or these planets, or these suns and moons everywhere. Galaxies everywhere. But generally, what is it? It's dark. Whenever you see a picture of the earth in the middle of space, it's surrounded by darkness. Right? So we see that this earth, it has life in it. How? Allah has cast light on it. It's the source of life. So Allah nuru samawati wa ad, meaning He's the munawwid of the skies and the earth. And thirdly, what it means is that Allah is nur, meaning He is nur. Nur, Allah is nur. What kind of nur? What type of nur? We don't think about that. But Allah is nur. Because in the Quran we learn over here. Other places in the Quran also we learn that وَأَشْرَقَتِ الْأَرْضُ بِنُورِ رَبِّهَا In Surah Al-Zumar we learn about this, that on the Day of Judgment وَأَشْرَقَتِ الْأَرْضُ بِنُورِ رَبِّهَا That the earth will be enlightened by the nur of its Lord. By the nur of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa also, when he would wake up in the night to perform his prayers, right, the hajjud, he would begin the prayer with the dua, Allahumma lakal hamd, anta qayyimu samawati wal ardi wa man fihin, wa lakal hamd, anta nuru samawati wal ardi wa man fihin. For you is praise, you are the light of the heavens and the earth. In a hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah hijabuhu nur. His veil is nur. Meaning what screens us, what prevents us from seeing Allah is Allah's light. We cannot see Him, which is why when the Prophet ﷺ went for mi'raj, and then the Sahaba asked him about the mi'raj, about the ascension, they asked him, did you see Allah? Did you see Allah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, nur, anna urah. Light, how could I see him? How can I see him? I cannot. Right? This is why Allah says, لا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ The vision cannot perceive him. But on the day of judgment, Allah will give ability to people to see him. Remember Musa salam. he asked Allah if he could see him? But then what happened? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cast some of his light on the mountain, what happened to the mountain? It crumbled, it shattered. Right? So Allah is nur. Himself, He is nur. So there's two types of nur you could say. One is the sifat, the attribute of Allah. And the other is khalq, the creation of Allah. One is His attribute. He is nur Himself. And the other is His creation, the created light. So Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. مَثَلُ نُورِهِ The example of His nur, The example of His light. 
Which light? The light that He has given. The guidance that He has sent. Whether it is in the form of the Qur'an, is the Qur'an nur? Is it? Yes. The commands that Allah has given, are they nur? Ayatun bayinat. They're bayin. Mubayinat. They're evident. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was also sent by Allah. Right? As a source of guidance. How is he described in the Qur'an? Tell me about an ayah or some description that has been given about the Prophet ﷺ that shows that he is light, meaning a source of guidance. How was the Prophet ﷺ light? I'm not saying he was physically light so that he didn't have a shadow like some people think. No, light as in intangible, ma'nawi, hidayah. Yes? In the Qur'an, the Prophet ﷺ is described with the word that gives the meaning of light. Siraja munira. What is siraj? A lamp. Siraja munira. Illuminating lamp. Just imagine a lamp, a light that is on. It's a source of light. Right? So that is who the Prophet ﷺ was. A source of light. A source of guidance. When people were in darkness, they were in ignorance. Killing one another, destroying one another, destroying themselves, ruining their lives. Allah sent His Messenger وسلم, as Siraj Munira, as a light, as an illuminating lamp. I don't remember the exact surah right now, but I think it's Surah Al Ahzab. You can check. If you go to Quran.com, just write Siraj Munira and the ayat will come up. Alright? So, the example of Allah's light, meaning the example of the guidance that Allah has sent, whether it is the Qur'an, or it is the messenger, or it is the commands, any source, any kind, any form of guidance that Allah has sent. And by the way, when Allah sends guidance and a person receives it, then where does it settle? In the heart of a believer. Right? So the example of his light, this is understood in two ways. One is the example of the light, meaning the guidance that Allah has sent. So the example of the Quran, or the example of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the example of Wahi. Alright? Or the light, meaning the guidance that Allah has sent, and that has settled in the heart of a believer. Or that has settled in a Muslim community. Meaning when a person or when a community accepts, embraces the commands that Allah has given and they act upon them, they follow them, they practice them, then what happens to them? What happens to them? What's the effect of iman in other words? So here the example that is given is the example of the mu'min's heart, the believer's heart, in which the guidance of Allah has settled. It has made a home there. مَثَلُ نُورِهِ كَمِشْكَاتٍ The example of his light is like that of a mishkat. Mishkat is a niche. From the root letters, sheen, kaf, wow. Shakwun. Shaku is basically, literally it means to open a small water skin. Alright? Perhaps you've never seen a water skin. So just think of like a plastic bottle. Alright? So, to open it. Once you open it, can you see inside? Well, these days generally the plastic bottles are clear, so you can see from the side also. 
right? But think of a bottle that is, let's say a steel bottle. You're not allowed to pick it up, you're not allowed to move it. So you don't know what's inside. You open it, now you look inside, right? So for you to know about what is inside, there's only one way. There's only one opening. You understand? Because it's closed from every other side. This is shakun. From the same root is the word shakwa, or shikwa, or shikaya. Have you heard of that? Maybe you've done it many times. What does it mean? To complain. Because generally complaints are kind of one-sided. You know, they're biased. They're just coming out of your mouth and they're just, you're pouring your heart out. Right? So shakwa, shikaya. Now, mishkat, what is it? Mishkat is a niche, or you could say a crevice, or a hole, or a hollow, or something like that in a wall. Right? In a wall. So think of a flat, plain wall. Alright? And now, make a hole in that wall. But that hole is not such that it's open from the other side, it's closed from the other side. Alright? Many times you see these niches or crevices, you know, sometimes in houses or in different places, the objective is to display something in it. Look at this for example. Alright? These windows for instance. At the back of them, yes, you have glass. So think of it as solid from the back. Alright? And what's the objective of this ledge? Here, alhamdulillah, we've made the objective keeping the Qur'an. Alright? But in many places, what will you have? Like a statue or a decoration piece. Alright? Now, back in the day, what people would do is, they didn't have electricity lights, right? So what would they do? They would have to keep lamps. And lamps, what are they made with? I mean, you have a flame of fire. And it is such that if you leave it somewhere out in the open, it could be firstly very dangerous, because fire can easily spread, because the fire is not protected. And secondly, it can die very quickly, very easily. Right? One gust of wind, it's gone. Or it will spread. But when it's in a niche then what happens? It's protected from three sides. It's only open from one side. Alright? So why is a lamp, why is light in a niche? For the purpose of protecting the light, for the purpose of containing the light, and also what happens is that the light, it somehow becomes brighter. Because you see, it's contained in a place. And when it's contained in a place, then you don't have just one lamp glowing. But the sides of that niche, what are they doing? They're reflecting the light. Alright? So it's a way of growing the light also. So Allah says that, مَثَلُ نُورِهِ كَمِشْكَاتٍ The example of His light is like that of a niche. Now this niche, fiha in it is a misbah, a lamp. In the niche is a lamp. Misbah from the root letters, صَادْبَاحَ Subh. What does subh mean? Morning. What do you have in morning? That's different from night. Light. That is the only thing that's different, right? I mean, the sky, it doesn't change in the sense that a different sky has come, right? Nothing changes. The only thing that's different is light. Night is the absence of light, and day is the presence of light. Subh. So misbah is that which creates light, meaning that which spreads light, a source of light. So what is misbah? A lamp. So, kamishkatin fiha misbah. A niche in which is a lamp. Now, remember that misbah, 
you see light, or you could say flame of fire, it doesn't just give out light, right? It gives out something else as well. And what is that? Heat, right? And a flame especially, it's also, I mean, there's different colors or shades of light, right? Some lights are very bright, almost white, and others are yellowish, orangish, almost reddish, right? And blue exactly, and now you have any color that you could want basically, right? So remember that misbah is that which is more whitish, meaning it's not red. It's not giving out much heat. It's not a cause of trouble. Yes, it's a cause of coolness. It's a cause of ease and comfort because it's giving you light, misbah. You see, some lights are such that when you see them, you're like, I'm going to burn, right? Or it's too much. It's too bright to look at. There are other kinds of lights which you look at and they're so comforting. You know, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called stars masabih. But the sun is not called misbah. Why? Because the sun, I mean, as beautiful as it is and as helpful and beneficial as it is, you can't keep looking at it, can you? No. I mean, as much as we wait for the sun to come out, as soon as it comes out, we start complaining as well. Because it's too hot. Right? Put your sunscreen on and get your glasses out and put your hat on. Right? But misbah, masabih, stars, how are they? You just want to keep staring at them. So, kamishkatin fiha misbah, like a niche in which is a lamp. This lamp, Allah says, al-misbahu, the lamp, meaning this lamp, where is it? Fi in zujaja, a glass case. This lamp is in a glass case. What does it mean by that? Zujaja is basically glass. Alright? Now this could be understood in two ways. You see the lamp, the misbah, what is it? Misbah is basically the wick. Alright, the wick. Have you seen a candle? Right? These days, alhamdulillah, candles everywhere, right? So when you light the candle, how do you light it? You light the wick, the thread. Right? So back in the day when they had these lamps, what they would have is basically a container in which would be oil, some fuel. And then at the end of it, they would have this you know, piece of cotton or something like a wick coming out of it. Right? So you light the wick, you burn the wick, and just as your wick now takes its fuel from the wax, back then what was it? Oil. So the misbah is referring to the wick. Alright? The wick, the lamp is the wick, because that is the light. Alright? And this is in a glass, in a glass case. Because the container, the lamp, it could be made of different things. Could be earthen, made from earth could be made from stone or something like that. Now imagine if the container in which is the oil and the wick, imagine if it's made of glass. Have you ever seen oil in a glass container? I'm sure you have seen it. Doesn't it? I mean the color itself, it looks so beautiful. Because oil itself is very bright. Right? And when it's in a glass case, the glass almost reflects that light even more. Now imagine if at the top of it is a flame of fire. How much more bright that light would be? Because it's in a glass container. Alright? Now another way in which we could understand is that the lamp, meaning the container in which is the oil and the wick, that is a light, where is it? 
it is sitting in a glass case have you ever seen lanterns hmm? lanterns what are they they're basically a lamp which is in a glass case like a globe kind of thing right it's surrounded by glass what's the purpose of that zujaja again what's the purpose of that zujaja to further reflect the light to increase the light but is it just that is it just that think about it you have a candle why does it come in a glass jar is it different from a candlestick how is it different from a candlestick what happens to a candlestick oops i dropped it died right but a glass case what does it do it protects the light it further reflects it it enhances its beauty it's a source of protection preservation of that light but only if that glass itself is clean and beautiful you know generally what happens is that when you have a candle that's on right and then you want to turn it off then what will happen what will you smell now smoke isn't it i mean you put that candle on so that you could smell beautiful fragrance but then when you put that candle out what do you smell smoke right so i hate that smell of smoke so the trick that i came up with is that take something like a lid all right and then just cover the candle you understand cover the container once you cover it no oxygen it'll die but then what that started doing is that the inside of the glass is all black you understand so when we do put the candle on then what happens we don't really see the flame it doesn't really look beautiful but we don't even care about that because we're more concerned about the fragrance right we are compromising on the beauty right for the fragrance but what do we see over here that the glass is also beautiful because the beauty is not compromised what kind of glass is it allah describes the glass az zujajatu the glass ka'annaha as if it were kawkabun a star what is kawkab star the glass as if it were a star now when you think of a star what comes to your mind the star is known for what it's shininess basically right silver star golden star you know when you draw a picture of a star what do you put around it sticks right to show its rays or its brightness right so kawkab the glass as if it were a star and not just a star but durriyun durri a star that is durri what is durri it's a very interesting word durri is from the root letter is dal ra ra right and dur is basically a pearl a shining pearl when you look at a pearl what is it it's round right it's round and it's also very of course very beautiful but it's bright isn't it i mean you can a real pearl all right it's got that elegance it's got that beauty that light that brightness that shine it glistens which is why they have that pearl white color also you know especially for cars because you don't just want white you want something that's kind of shiny but not really that shiny there is a difference between shiny white and just white 
right? The shiny white or the pearly white, what is it? It's more elegant. So, dur is pearl. Durri, what does that mean? Pearly. Durri, pearly. Because the ya at the end is for nisbah. Just like someone is from Pakistan, they'll call him Pakistani. Right? So, pearl-like, what is pearl-like? Durri. Right? So if you find someone very beautiful, and you'd like to... Uh, you know, describe them in good words, you could also call them durri. Right? Anyway, so, ka'annaha kawkabun durri. As if it was a pearly, white, shining, beautiful, elegant star. This is the description of the glass in which is the lamp. Alright? Now, the word durri is also understood to be from the word dara'a. And dara'a means to avert, to repel. So this glass, as if it was a star, that is durri, meaning that is repelling. Repelling what? What is it pushing away? Darkness and ugliness. So this lamp is not just beautiful itself, but it's also throwing beauty all around it. It's removing it's getting rid of the ugliness, the darkness, the confusion that is around it. You see, some things are beautiful, but they only look beautiful when the background is beautiful. But other things are such that they're beautiful in and of themselves, such that even if you put them in an ugly place, they will still shine out. They will still look beautiful. You know, which is why, for example, if there's a pearl necklace, or there's a pearl that you see on the floor, you'll see it from far, won't you? You'll recognize it. Because it's beautiful, no matter where it is. Why? It's got original beauty. Ka'annaha kaukabun durriyun. Now this is, by the way, just the lamp. The lamp is being described. Now what about the actual flame? That, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes that. 